Hey folks, this is Abel James, and thanks so much for joining us on Fat Burning Man, where we help you look, feel, and perform at your best. Now I'll be the first to tell you, the world of health supplements is an unmitigated disaster. Scams, hucksters, and frauds are the norm in the supplement business. My guest this week, though, will teach you how to spot the difference between the real thing and a well-marketed, pricey placebo in a bottle. But first, if you appreciate what you've learned in this free show, please take a quick second to make sure you're subscribed to new episodes. That way you won't miss the epic announcement that's coming soon. If you're listening to the podcast, just hop on iTunes or to the podcast app, find Fat Burning Man with Abel James, and hit subscribe. If you're on YouTube, Stitcher, or wherever, hit the subscribe button. And for bonus points, please leave me a review on iTunes, on Stitcher, or wherever you're listening to this. I read every one, and I really appreciate it. Now, if you're wondering whether this wacky wild diet thing might be worth a try, you might want to check out my ABC TV show. The short story is you see me go up against other celebrity trainers, including 50 Cent and J-Lo's trainer, to see how well the wild diet works in a wacky, super stressful reality TV show environment. Hilarity ensues, and to watch the full episodes of the show, all you have to do is search for My Diet is Better Than Yours from ABC on YouTube or Hulu. You can also go to fatburningman.com to see the clips of me dressed up in a bacon costume, doing sprints, and much more. Here's the quick recap. My first week as an expert coach on the ABC TV show, my contestant, Kurt, finished number one in the fitness competition and number one in the weigh-in by losing 16 pounds in seven days with my plan based on my New York Times best-selling book, The Wild Diet. By week six, Kurt had lost 50 pounds and his wife, Alicia, more than 30 pounds just by eating with him at home. And after three months and change, Kurt shed a total of 87 pounds, 22 percentage points of body fat, and more than 10 inches from his waist, and not to mention he was off all of his expensive prescription medications after that. So can you get in the best shape of your life in just a month or two? There's only one way to find out, and we'd like to show you how we did it. No ridiculous workouts, no calorie counting, and no gloom. We created our 30-day fat loss plan to give you all the tools and support you need to drop fat with delicious real food. The Wild Diet was named a top trend in search by Google this past year, and we've recently been featured in People Magazine and even Entertainment Tonight. So if you're ready to get results, grab your listener discount by typing in this special web address, fatburningman.com slash 30 days. You'll even get the 30-day meal plan featured on ABC TV, including chicken parmesan, cowboy burgers, and chocolate pudding. So from any device, just type in this address, fatburningman.com slash 30 days. That's the number 30, D-A-Y-S. All right, on to the show. Our guest this week is Jeff Chilton, and I met his son Sky on a wilderness survival trip in the Rocky Mountains a while back uh, out there in Colorado. And Jeff's family business, they create high-quality, scientifically tested organic mushroom extracts. Today, we'll be talking about how medicinal mushrooms can improve your health and performance. You're also about to learn how to spot a fraudulent supplement, which types of mushrooms have the strongest medicinal properties, how to use mushrooms to boost immune system health and function, the curious substance that can create 5,000 IUs of vitamin D in a single gram of mushroom powder, and much more. Let's go hang out with Jeff. All right, folks, Jeff Chilton studied ethnomycology at the University of Washington and is president of Namex. 
Jeff is a founding member of the World Society for Mushroom Biology and Mushroom Products and a member of the International Society for Mushroom Science. His company, Namex, was the first to offer a complete line of certified organic mushroom extracts to the U.S. nutritional supplement industry. His extracts are used by many supplement companies and are noted for their high quality based on scientific analysis of the active compounds. And we're going to dig into that a lot more. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Abel. It's my pleasure to be here. Rock on. So I, I would say that most Americans probably know mushrooms as an optional pizza topping. <laughs> but you have a slightly different experience and you understand their power. So tell Americans something they don't know about mushrooms. How about that? Well, I, I guess the first thing I tell you is mushrooms are a very nutritious food. And the reason why a lot of Americans don't know that is because a nutritionist, classical nutritionist, always looked at uh, foods with no calories mm -hmm. as basically a food with no substance. And so mushrooms kind of got tarred with that brush back in the early days. But the fact of the matter is, is mushrooms are high in protein, like up to 25% of good quality protein, good amino acid profile, mm -hmm. uh, especially of uh, essential amino acids. There's maybe one lacking, but otherwise good amino acid profile, high in high quality carbohydrates, uh, a lot of which we'll be talking about later, mm -hmm. low in fat and uh, good vitamins, like they've got uh, riboflavin, niacin, um, and the, and so nutritionally, Mushrooms are a great food, also high in fiber, mm -hmm. which we all need and and uh, is something that as we're talking more about prebiotics that comes into play. They're a great prebiotic as well. So so I guess what I would say is besides tasting good, and I love mushrooms, and yeah. uh, mushrooms are a good food, and I recommend to everybody that put mushrooms into your diet and, and uh, having just come back from China and have traveled over there a lot, we ate mushrooms with every meal. I'm not kidding. Is that you. right? And, oh, oh, yeah. And and uh, you know, in China, when you you eat a meal, they bring out plate after plate after plate. So maybe you've got 12 different dishes to choose from. Mm -hmm. And out of those 12, there'd at least be two or three mushroom dishes. So it's a it's a, a big category, a major food over there. They're eating a lot of them, and I really recommend to Americans that they do the same. Get mushrooms into your diet they're yeah. just a great food but i think a lot of americans are shortchanging themselves because they're used to those those pizza topping mushrooms right which come out of a can they have no flavor left they have no substance really it's not it's not a there's a huge difference between a fresh mushroom or one that's that's wild craft you know that you go grab from the woods like we did growing up those yeah, things yeah, are yeah. dang good and they don't taste anything like that that tasteless glop and I tell you, if I get a pizza and it's got a canned mushroom on it, I am <laughs> not only disappointed, but I'm disgusted. Yeah. <laughs> canned mushrooms are, are horrible. Yeah. And, you know, I, I got into the mushroom growing business back in 1973 and worked for 10 years on a mushroom farm that grew the button mushroom. Mm -hmm. and, and the truth of the matter is, is I love those fresh, but on that farm, which was really cool, is that we had a Japanese scientist there, and he was growing shiitake, oyster mushroom, and what's called enokitake mushroom. This is in the 70s. Mm -hmm. I was exposed to these other mushrooms, and in fact, we this farm that I worked on, and it was a, a big farm with 200 employees, it was the first farm to sell fresh shiitake 
into the U.S. market back in 1978. That's and, and, and the funny thing about it is that despite a, a major marketing campaign, the whole thing flopped. <laughs> People were not ready for shiitake, fresh shiitake really? mushrooms in 1978. So what they did is they, they just stopped producing them and sure. they they built up their agaricus industry and started producing more agaricus and you know of course today you can get maybe you know in the right place half a dozen different what we'd call specialty mushrooms yeah i love shiitake yeah i love enoki taki people i haven't had enoki taki these are these very slender stems small caps they come mm -hmm. in in a bundle of like a thousand of them or something yeah and you pull them apart and you throw them into a hot wok and and fry them up they're like noodles they're crunchy they're tasteful they're wonderful and, and so i say to people hey get into it because mushrooms are, are a fantastic food not only flavor wise but wise but nutritionally yeah what is the cultural problem i guess in america anywhere or in much of the western world why don't we have such diversity not only in our mushrooms but in our food in general well you know what there seems to be and, and some people uh categorize it as mycophobia yeah uh which is certain cultures are really totally into mushrooms and not just in asia but in eastern europe russia mm -hmm. they know mushrooms they're, they're totally on to it but for some reason in the uk where you know we sort of most of us come from yeah. initially that kind of came over and uh, um for some reason that mycophobia got entrenched in the US and then and then when mushroom farming really got started here which was from European growers mm -hmm. and mostly in Pennsylvania and, and that was the agaricus they grew and then that sort of slowly but surely worked its way into our food market but that's something you know food let's face it yeah as a culture, there's certain foods we're kind of like, eh, I'm not sure about that. Right. And then, then of course, you you hear a couple of stories about somebody harvesting a, a poisonous mushroom, mm -hmm. and next thing you know, they're dead, and you're like, okay, no, 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 no. Right. No strange mushrooms for me, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you do have to know what you're doing if you're grabbing them from the woods. But oh, my... absolutely. And, and I make that clear to anybody who's yeah. wildcrafting, look. Do not eat any mushrooms unless you're absolutely positive about the identification mm -hmm. from somebody who really knows what they're doing. Yeah, and I was fortunate growing up in New Hampshire. My parents uh, got into it as a, a oh. hobby, especially after they were en empty nested. After my parents were empty nested, they might be listening right now. They took up my mom took up the stand up bass. My dad started playing the banjo. They started wild crafting on these mushrooms. They must have gotten really bored without all the kids running around. But anyway, so. They'd come back from the woods, or we all would in some cases, with these big hunks of chaga mushrooms or these beautiful lion's mane. We'd fry that yeah. up in butter. Yeah. And wow. That's wow. something that, uh, man, when, you, when you've had that, your entire appreciation for mushrooms goes up a few notches because it's a, oh. it's a delicacy. It really is. It is. It is. The wonderful flavors. And, and you know, I was just talking to a friend of mine this morning. Uh, his name is Christopher Hobbs. He's a herbalist written a, a book about medicinal mushrooms and he was telling me that he was just talking with another mushroomer who said you know the most beautiful thing about wildcrafting mushrooms is getting out in the woods yeah getting out in nature yeah. it's like a treasure hunt it right is. 
he said, the whole experience is magical. And it is. It's very magical. You're, you're out there and, you know, what's going And all of a sudden you see one and you're just like, oh, my God, look at that. Mm-hmm. Look what I found. Some absolutely choice edible mushroom. I mean, it's a wonderful thing. And, you know, I think mushrooms are one of those foods that if you're talking about paleo or anything like that, it, it's a food that's been with us for tens of thousands of years. I mean, think about sure. it. In season, mm-hmm. you've got this thing there. And a lot of times it's big. It's meaty. Yeah. It's like flavorful. It's right there, easily harvested. So they've been with us a long time. And and on that note, I was reading some historical information about mushrooms in the UK and Europe they used to call mushrooms poor man's meat. Huh. Isn't that cool? Well, it's it's still used as a meat substitute in a lot yeah. of cases. Yeah. Well, well, they just had a, um, on one of these uh, programs or sites, they just had a use mushrooms and hamburger in some unique way and we'll choose the top five recipes. And that's <laughs> something that they're moving to a lot where you're chopping up mushrooms, putting it together with hamburger and coming up with a even more flavorful burger. Yeah. Oh, you know, just down the road here in Austin, there's a, there's a burger place that serves a paleo burger grass-fed that's surrounded by two huge mushroom caps for the buns yeah 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 exactly i mean i mean in those big uh, those big cremini that you can get out there on the market now you can slice those up into steaks uh-huh oh yeah yeah no no it's fantastic they're they're, they're really uh mushrooms are coming of age it's it's something that i i really love because i've been into that for so long and just seeing it slowly, slowly growing and seeing the, the varieties of mushrooms, the species that were are available to us grow as well. So for me, it's just kind of like, finally. Yeah. Now, it's not just about eating mushrooms, though. Uh, they're also used medicinally and have been for thousands of years in, in a very powerful way. And, and there's something that I take pretty much every day mushrooms of various kinds. So can you talk a little bit about the power of, I guess, some of the mushrooms that might be a little bit more uh, easy to find for people out there that have uh, very beneficial effects on your health. First, let me put it this way. Most mushrooms, their cell walls are made up of compounds called beta-glucans. Mm-hmm. So whatever mushroom you're eating, you will be getting those beta-glucans. And and like I said before, uh, you'll also be getting, mushrooms have a lot of fiber to them, so you'll be getting a lot of prebiotics there. Certain mushrooms like shiitake, oyster mushroom, maitake, mm-hmm. lion's mane, they have these beta-glucans. And, and the thing about it is, is is the different mushrooms have, each beta-glucan, let's put it this way, has a, a specific architecture that's a little bit different. And that architecture means that some of them are more active than others. Mm-hmm. So that's why some mushrooms are medicinal, some are not, just by that particular beta-glucan and how it's structured. So those mushrooms in particular, and and some that are not edible like uh, a reishi Mm -hmm. or turkey tail, these are all medicinal mushrooms that you can also utilize as supplements. And that's, of course, what what my company is is built around is, is selling mushrooms 
as nutritional supplements and putting them into a form that's a little bit more concentrated than you might get uh, eating mushrooms. Mm -hmm. And again, like I say, I encourage people to eat mushrooms for nutritional as well as medicinal benefits. But for those who who can't or would like a little more, uh, supplementing with mushrooms is is really a great way to go. And so we we take these mushrooms and turn them into extract powders that mm-hmm. that we sell to companies who put them out in capsules, bottles, and so on. Yeah. And let me say this: when I take supplements, and I've tried quite a few, most of them you just don't feel anything. But yeah. when I had cordyceps for the first time, I was like, wow, there's something right there. Yeah, yeah, uh, and there yeah, are a few yeah. others that that really stand out. So what? Why would you take some of these mushrooms as supplements and what could you expect? Well, you know, first of all, let me say this. There's not going to be a lot of mushrooms where you'll necessarily take them and go, boom, right. I can really feel that unless you were to, to take a significant amount uh, because mushrooms are, are a little bit more subtle in that way. And, and I would say, generally speaking, you need to take them for a period of time to get their full benefits. Right. What mushrooms are going to do, and this gets back to the beta-glucans again, they are an adaptogen. Mm-hmm. They, the beta-glucans will come in. They will uh, hit receptor sites that we have in our lower intestine. Those beta-glucans will hit those receptor sites, and then they will activate our immune cells. Mm-hmm. And the thing with an adaptogen is that is it may be there, and, okay, you're starting to get a little bit of out of balance one way or the other. Well, the adaptogen is really doing its work in the sense that it's trying to keep you in balance. Now, if you've got an immune system and your your immunity is really low, generally, well, these supplements are going to hike those immune cells up and get them a little more active in trying to get you back in balance. But I look at them in the sense of, and I look at health the same way, Abel. You know, it's like what we're really looking at here with our health is finding balance. Finding that place, you know, it's harmony. Mm -hmm. We need to stay in harmony. And when we get out of harmony, we get sick. Right. And my philosophy, too, is I'm not out there looking at this like as a battle. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like we're going to war against this thing. I don't like those metaphors at all. Yeah. I really like the idea of we're in this big organism here. We're part of it. And we're all trying to get along, right? Yeah. Sometimes sometimes the balance kind of, we're out, we get out of balance a little bit and something comes in and affects us in a certain way that causes illness. Mm-hmm. So I look at it as, as we're doing whatever we can and mushrooms are, can be a big part of that in terms of maintaining that balance. And that's where these beta-glucans in the mushrooms are so important. And the interesting thing about the beta-glucans is that there's a lot of scientific research that's been done on beta-glucans and has demonstrated they have this immunological activity. And so, and that's why to a degree too, that mushrooms and are considered longevity uh, types of herbs. Mm -hmm. You know, you get older, and your immune uh, system is not quite as strong as it was before. I mean, just like a lot of systems as you get older, like like my memory. Sure. <laughs> it's like, where's the lion's mane? I need some lion's mane. <laughs> <laughs> so so that, that's where the mushrooms really come in and can help us to maintain 
that immunity, that balance, that harmony. And, and that's sort of how I look at their their actions. Uh, I don't look at them specifically as, okay, they're going to definitely target this or that. They're a mm-hmm. little bit more nonspecific, and that's that's how adaptogens work. Yeah, um, filling in the gaps. Yes, absolutely. So th- that's how I look at them. And, and you know, I, I think, too, um, maybe I got to talk to you a little bit about the beta-glucans and the fact of how important they are and how one of the things that my company has been able to do is been able to measure beta-glucans. Mm-hmm. And beta-glucans are, are a polysaccharide. And so you hear a lot of companies talking about all oh, the polysaccharides in their products and so on. But there are other things that are polysaccharides or too, like uh, maltodextrin yeah. <laughs> and dextrose right. and grain. Yep. And, and so when somebody says, when well, the mushroom product says, oh, we're testing for polysaccharides and the numbers are way up here, it's like, well, that probably means they're full of starch of some sort. Yeah. And you've been in the supplement industry for a long time. It's uh, got a lot of problems. And when you walk into the store and you buy something that's supposed to have vitamin C in it or mushrooms in it, in a lot of cases, in fact, in most cases, when you really look at it, you're not getting what you're buying. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I mean, that is a topic that is just crazy. And, you know, in my part of it, in my category, in, in the medicinal mushroom side of things, I did a study uh, last year. It was called uh, Redefining Medicinal Mushrooms. And in that study, we tested 100 different samples, 40 of which were retail products that we bought right off the market. And uh, we had dried mushrooms, actual dried mushrooms. Then we had uh, mushroom extracts. Mm -hmm. We tested all of these products for beta-glucans. And what we found was that the majority of the bottle products were mostly starch Hmm. and had very little, very low amounts of beta-glucans. And the reason for this was was fairly simple, uh, was that most products that are manufactured in the U.S. are not mushroom. They're what's called mycelium, Mm -hmm. and they grow this mycelium on grain. And just just to give you a bit of background on that, that, because it's really important, a mushroom starts basically this whole life cycle of this organism starts with a spore. The spore will germinate into what's called a hypha, mm-hmm. which is like a filament that we don't normally see. The hypha grow together, and that forms what is called a mycelium. That's the actual body of this fungus. And it's out there in nature. It's in the ground. It's in the wood. We don't normally see it unless we were to like when we pull that mushroom out, we kind of look at its base and look into the ground and then we can see this this white filamentous type of oh thread like thing growing there. Mm-hmm. That's the mycelium uh, that mycelium produces a mushroom and that's what we're used to seeing. And so what happens is that growing mushrooms in North America is expensive. Yeah. Think think about it like if I grow shiitake mushrooms and I sell those to you, I sell them for uh, $5 a pound, let's say, as a a producer. And maybe in the store you pay $10 a pound or something, but $5 a pound as a producer. But the mushroom is 90% water. So when I take the water out of it Mm. and turn it into a dried powder, now instead of $5, I have to get $50 for that pound of dried shiitake. It doesn't work in the market in terms of selling that as a supplement. So what happens is companies will 
take that mycelium, they'll take it into a lab, they'll put it on sterilized cooked grain, Mm -hmm. they'll grow out that mycelium on the grain when it's fully grown out after let's say 30 or 45 days, they will then harvest it and grind it to a powder and they haven't separated the grain out from the fungal tissue. So that product ends up being mostly grain powder. And the, the problem is that rather than identifying it as that, they call it mushroom and sell it as mushroom. So yeah. if you go out of the market and you're looking for these products and you see all these mushroom products, most of them are not mushroom at all. And, and the example I want to I give your listeners is if you know of a product called tempeh, mm-hmm. Tempeh is a fungus grown on cooked soybeans. It's a food product, Mm -hmm. and it's a wonderful food product. So that's essentially what these people are growing. They're growing a fungal food product, but yet grinding it up and calling it mushroom and selling it as a supplement. Yeah. And my testing showed that the beta-glucans in that was somewhere around 5% when, in fact, wow. a mushroom has 25 to 60% beta-glucan. Yeah. And starch-wise, which is the other side of it, is a mushroom has no starch. Mm-hmm. It has glycogen, which is under 5%. And these products are 30 to 60% starch. Wow. So now think about that for a second. If you're, if you're onto a paleo diet and you've just bought this great mushroom product and you're like, oh man, I've got this wonderful mushroom product and I listened to this person and was an expert and told me it was a great product and I'm taking it. And, I, and you know, the first thing I ask those people is, well, you know, what's the brand? And then yeah. I say, well, do you know that actually what you're taking is mycelium that's grown and produced in a laboratory on sterile grain? It's not paleo. I'm sorry yeah. to tell you. That. It's not even mushroom. Yeah, I bet they don't like hearing that. <laughs> oh my god do they not like hearing it and you know not only that the terrible thing is i tell that to some companies that are selling those products yeah. that have bought those raw materials they don't like hearing it right because they're looking at me and they're going you know what it's selling nobody's complaining what's the problem yeah well the problem is you're not really selling a, a product that's going to be beneficial to people. And um, neither are most supplement companies. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know what, it's, it's a really interesting thing out there. And I tell you, it just, it just goes to show you, you have to be very vigilant. Yeah. The thing with these, these mycelium on grain products that are masquerading as mushroom is you please look, turn it around, look at the supplements facts Some companies are honest enough to list the grain. Mm -hmm. Some of them will say mycelium. But, of course, a lot of people don't look at the supplements facts. They just look at the front label, and it says mushroom. And and it says reishi mushroom, shiitake mushroom. Those are the people that I've talked to, and they tell me they're taking this great mushroom product. And I'm like, sorry. I I mean, you remember at the Bulletproof, I had that bag of mycelium on grain. Yeah. (laughs) And I say, this is what you're taking. And people are like, oh, my God. Right. It's not pretty. Yeah. And I feel bad because I believe mushrooms have a tremendous amount of benefit. I think 
they're a wonderful thing for people and and especially people who have life-threatening illnesses and taking this thing because of that and and when when i hear that they're taking mycelium on grain products that are mostly grain powder and starch i'm very saddened by it yeah so it pays to once again look for quality look for someone you can trust look for a brand you can trust and the good news i think is that in this day and age it seems like the people who are trying to get ahead the wrong way are starting to get found out, right? Of course, there's fake news and all that nonsense, and Google spits yeah, out yeah, a, bunch, yeah. a bunch of crap at you these days. But yeah, word is starting yeah. to get around, I think, and that that's the promise of the future is that the, the people who are doing it the right way are starting to stand out. I totally agree, and I, I think it's it's people like yourself and other people that are, are podcasting and have books and are educating – Right now, so much of what I do is just educational. Sure. I'm out there not just uh, trying to educate consumers, but mostly I'm trying to educate naturopaths, Mm -hmm. herbalists, uh, any company in the supplement industry. I have a ton of content on my website that that helps to educate people. That's what I'm doing mostly, and and I feel it's so important. And, And in a way, it's funny because I did this study, and... I was sort of like sitting back with my business for 10 years, just going, you know, things are doing okay. It's not growing much, but that doesn't matter. It's it's doing well. I've got a customer base out there. And all of a sudden, having published that, yeah. it has dragged me right into this whole thing. And now I'm like working more than I have in Is that right? years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's a good problem to have. Uh, I, I guess it is. Yeah, I don't mind. I'm enjoying it. And and. uh I feel very passionate about it because mushrooms have been a big part of my life. Yeah. And I, like I say, I think they're very beneficial and I think it's a great supplement for people if it's the right thing. Yeah. It's a great supplement for people. And, and I also, like I say, I encourage people to eat mushrooms. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful food. Yeah. Now, the hard thing for me, initially anyway, was finding a way to take powders because they're obviously not as convenient as capsules, but if you go and you buy the the capsules, in a lot of cases you don't know what you're getting. Um, yeah. But throwing them into smoothies makes it really easy. Uh, and sometimes I'll make. I, I may have mentioned this on the show before, but there are certain things that taste great, and uh, reishi yeah. is not one of them, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, in a lot of cases, I'll have like a smoothie or something like that that I will on purpose try to make taste good, and I'll leave the 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 more offensive flavors out of it because it's not just that it's, and it's not just the mushrooms like there are a lot sea buckthorn and and a lot of other you know very nutritious things can just ruin a smoothie or ruin whatever you're eating in a hurry but instead i make almost like a bitter cocktail right where where i mix up all the powders into this little elixir almost and i just you know glug it down and it's not the most pleasant thing that i've ever consumed but it's very effective and i noticed something happen after i started doing that and I think it has to do with the bitter tastes that you experience. And there are a lot of benefits to actually getting that that punch in the face of bitter flavor every once in a while that kind of resets your palate. Well, you know what? Bitters are, are, are really an old world type of, uh, let's just call it remedy. Mm-hmm. I mean, bitters were something in the diet and, and were, were important, I think. And of course... We've gone in North America into everything's got to be sweet right. or maybe salty 
totally gotten away from that. And when it's bitter, people are like, mm, I don't think so, right? Yeah. They want something sweet somehow. And, and what I like to do with the reishi, by the way, I, I love my coffee in the morning and mm -hmm. I drink it just black. And, and I add um, maybe a, I don't know, a half a teaspoon or something of reishi extract into my coffee. It dissolves mm -hmm. right into it and it gives it this other bitter tone. Yeah. I've done it with coffee. That does work. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that's what I recommend to people if they're coffee drinkers. Mm -hmm. And and then, of course, if, if they sweeten it, fine. Sweeten it to your taste. But you've got these two different bitters working together. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my recommendation for the reishi because, man, you're, you're right. I mean, reishi is like, in a way, it's concentrated bitterness. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like really a bitter flavor. And that's something that you can use. I tell people... Uh, have, do you have a reishi product? Well, yeah, I've got a, it's really great. Well, pour out the capsule, uh, taste it. If it tastes bland, mm -hmm. if it tastes at all sweet and grainy, yeah. well, you don't actually have a reishi product because if it's a reishi product, it is going to be bitter. So that, that to me is my reishi challenge yeah. to people <laughs> it better taste bitter it better taste bitter if it doesn't and and uh, while we're on it too, i just want to mention a couple things about polysaccharides one of which is there are companies now that still do a polysaccharide test for mushroom products mm -hmm. and all that does is if you've got a lot of grain in your product you've got a high polysaccharide number yeah i Polysaccharides for mushroom, a polyresaccharide test for mushrooms is absolutely worthless. Yeah. Don't go there. And the other thing that I really love is if you've got a, a mushroom product and you're not sure whether it's real or mycelium on grain, get yourself a little bottle of iodine. Take that mushroom product, dump some out into a cup of water, mix it up really good, put 10 drops of iodine in there. If there is starch in there from the grains, it will turn black hmm. immediately. Yeah. It is the coolest test. And then if you've got like dried mushroom or something around, powder up some dried mushroom, put it into a, the same water, put the iodine in, you'll see there is absolutely no change at all. So that's a great test for those people that are like, gee, I'm not sure. I can't really tell from this. Well, give it the Nine iodine tenth. test. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really fun, really cool. It's like an unmasking, right? Yeah, totally. Well, we're coming up on time, but before we go, I want to make sure that we definitely talk about your trip to China. You said that you okay. have some, so you did some food journeying, as I understand. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> here's something that, uh, something I'll never forget. When I, when I was traveling, actually, in China in the 90s, and I did a lot of traveling then, and one of my interpreters for uh, people I was working with was a Chinese English teacher, and this was an old man of, he must have been 75 years old. And, you know, Abel, in the 1990s in China, people were still riding their bike. Yeah. <laughs> you don't see that much anymore. But, but literally on the roads, there were massive bike lanes on either side with just a few cars going down the middle. This man, this English teacher, was still riding his bike. Yeah. So anyway, we're going out uh, and we're traveling, going here. There, we, we stop at a restaurant for lunch. 
and we're eating lunch. And, you know, in the lower quality restaurants, like along the side of the road, when that stuff comes out, most of those dishes are swimming in oil. Yeah. And it's like, and I'm looking at them going, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, in those days, too, everybody in China carried around a glass jar for their tea. Okay. And this is just like a glass jar, not something they bought. It was a glass jar from whatever product that they had bought. And so they all have a glass jar and they all have tea. And everywhere you go, there's hot water. Well, so there we're sitting at this meal and we're all eating and the meal is over. And the English professor looks at these platters there, which now a lot of the food is gone, but there's all this oil in there. The first thing he does is he picks up one of those platters takes it up here, and he drinks the oil. (laughs) Then he emptied out his tea jar, and he collected the rest of the oil from the table. This was a man who had been through the famines of the 20s and 30s, and for him, it's like, man, that oil is, is big time calories. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there going, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of oil do you think? It, like peanut oil or frying oil? or? Oh, it was it was frying oil. And it had to have been some of your lowest quality oils you can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> it would not have been a good oil. But, but, you know, what can I say? I mean, the Chinese people, certainly back then, healthy. They're on their bikes. Mm-hmm. They're riding all the time. Nobody's driving around in cars and spending all that time sitting in a car or anything like that. Today, it's just the opposite. They've, they've yeah. gone completely Western. Everybody's got cars. You, in the cities, you don't see very many bikes at all. In fact, most people are on electric motor scooters if they're not in a car. Okay. So it's, it's changed completely. You know, I, I rode around Beijing back in the 90s on a bicycle, and it was just easy. And, and you never thought about, you know, am I going to get run over by somebody? They had bike parking lots that were unbelievable. Thousands of bikes that looked exactly the same wow. in a bike parking lot. Yeah. Well, as a, uh, I love biking, and that sounds like, in a way, the past almost sounds like a utopian future, right? A lot of cities now are trying to put in biking infrastructure. Yes, Vancouver. Yeah. Vancouver, BC, absolutely. They've got a great biking in- infrastructure now. And and if you go to Amsterdam, Amsterdam's got a fabulous biking infrastructure, and they still have very big bike parking lots in, sure. in Amsterdam and Holland. They still bike a lot. Yeah. It's something it is back to the future. We're, right. We're all struggling with different things, but at the same time, and hopefully we're going to be able to solve some of these problems because, you know, it's disheartening to hear that. A lot of the countries around the world are following America's lead, but not in the right way. <laughs> no, no, you're absolutely right. And, and you know, I, I think really that one of the big things is get out of your car. Yeah. Stop spending so much time. Get into a, a city or, or whatever kind of urban environment where you can walk. Mm-hmm. Walk more. Don't take that car so much. That to me is one of our biggest problems is just that it's a car culture. Everything's organized according to a car yep. that keeps us from walking. Walking is probably one of the best exercises that humans can get. Yeah, it is. 
And when you combine that with eating real food and uh, having things, traditional foods, I, I, I think mushrooms certainly fall into the traditional foods category. Uh, all of a sudden, your entire life can change. And I think as, as Westerners, it's important that we don't lose sight of all of those different traditional foods and the traditional ways of even moving around, which I think bicycle could probably be included in that as well. Yeah, it absolutely could be included. That bicycling and walking, I mean, that that's really very human, very natural, and we need to get back there. We really do. Just like, you know, I, I'm so heartened right now because, you know, I look at my sons and, you know, they listen to people like you and, and Dave Asprey and Ben Green, a lot of these people, right? And they've got a, they're so much into a healthy diet, yeah. they're into exercise. They're doing things which, you know, when I was in my my 30s, unfortunately, I, I was smoking cigarettes. Sure. I was, you know, not getting as much exercise as I should have. That's changed a lot. But certainly all of these things, when I look at this new generation of you guys and I just think, man, you guys are doing the right thing. And I, I'm, I'm so happy and encouraged by that, that we're starting to bring back that culture, which is much more genuine. Right on. And now you have a family business with your son, which is just... That's right. That's right. I, I'm so excited about that. I really am. These generations can definitely learn a lot from each other, and I think you're you're a great example of that. We're coming up on time, but before we go, can you tell folks where they can find you and what you're working on next? Sure. If you go to namex.com, we have a ton of great content there that will help to educate you. And one of the cool things I'm working on that we didn't get a chance to touch upon is that mushrooms have a compound in them called ergosterol. Mm -hmm. It's similar to our cholesterol. Well, this ergosterol, when you expose it to UV light, turns into vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Okay, vitamin D2, which is not D3, which comes from animals, yep. which is fine. I mean, I don't have a problem with that. Some people do. Sure. But D2 is is very, very important. I mean, D in general is important. D2, yeah. the research is kind of goes back and forth on which is better. You're still going to get a lot of benefit from D2 no matter. And in the products we're working on right now, one gram of mushroom powder that's been exposed to a UV lamp can give you 5,000 IUs of vitamin D. Wow. Yeah, one gram, two 500 that's milligram amazing. capsules. Yeah. How about that? We're, this is a new product that we'll be putting out in the new year. And man, I am so excited about it. We've, we saw a company in China now that they've got, they're putting out all sorts of vitamin D enhanced products mm -hmm. using this process. And, and I just think that, you know, certainly with vitamin D, especially for those of us that live up in the northern climates, not necessarily you, but I'm up yeah. here in. Oh, well, I'm from New Hampshire. I get it. Yeah, yeah so you understand, <laughs> right? Vitamin D is important. And, yeah. and so, and again, mushrooms don't have vitamin D. They have very low amounts, but they have the precursor. Mm -hmm. And, and if you have mushrooms, you can you can put them out in the sunlight and expose them to sunlight, and that will turn a lot of that ergosterol into vitamin D. So you can enrich those dried mushrooms 15, 20 minutes in direct sunlight. That's so cool. Now, yeah. So, but we will be having products where it will be you'll be able to have one gram of our mushroom powder, and it will give you 5,000 IU's of vitamin D. Wow, that's fantastic. Cool. I, I'm I'm stoked. Totally yeah. stoked. 
Right on. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was fantastic. My pleasure. I really had a great time, Abel, and I look forward to, to seeing you in the future, if not before Bulletproof, then Bulletproof, or maybe the Paleo Conference. I think we're going to do that next year in Austin. If you're still there, we'll see you there. Right on. I'm here right now. <laughs> Come hang Excellent. out. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. Before you go, don't forget to grab your listener discount on our 30-day fat loss plan. In this plan, we share 30 days of mouth-watering wild diet meal plans that are designed to help you drop fat with real food. The meal plans are paleo-friendly, easy to make, and literally the meals that my wife Allison and I eat just about every day and night to stay lean, fit, and happy. In the program, you'll get the most effective method of meal and nutrient timing to best stimulate fat loss and muscle recovery, the truth about how much protein you really need for your body type, 30 days of specific healthy fat-burning meal plans as a done-for-you nutrition strategy, and tons more. If you check it out today, you'll even get a listener discount. All you have to do is type in fatburningman.com forward slash 30 days. That's the number 30, D-A-Y-S. Once again, that's fatburningman.com forward slash 30 days. I'll see you there. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Fat Burning Man. If you liked it, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, the podcast app, or wherever else you might be listening to or watching this show. Got a second? Please leave me a quick review on iTunes. I always love hearing from you, and if you think someone else might like and benefit from this free show, please take a second to share it with a friend or with a family member. You can get in touch with me on Twitter at FatBurnMan and Facebook by typing in Abel James or FatBurningMan. Drop me a line anytime. Did you know that I've recorded over 150 episodes of Fat Burning Man, winning four awards in independent media and hitting number one in more than eight countries? And here's some more good news. You can download and listen to every single episode for free. All you have to do is type in fatburningman.com I'll give you a second to type it in fatburningman.com and you'll get all the show notes in video and audio versions for all the past episodes of Fat Burning Man better yet enter your best email at fatburningman.com sign up for my newsletter and I'll even send you a quick start guide to start burning fat right now and a few of our ridiculously tasty recipes as a special thanks for signing up Once again, just go to fatburningman.com right now, enter your best email to get your free fat burning download straight to your inbox and make sure that you never miss a show again. This is Abel James signing off. Thanks so much for listening and have a great week.